Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. Hi, Damon. It's nice to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine. You know, um, oftentimes, I love to talk about the essence of this show, which is to invite amazing guests like Damon. <laughs> to come talk to us about their triumphant stories because I realized that knowledge is the solution to the world's problem. And there might be someone who is stuck up in a situation that Damon came out of. So for that reason, that's why we invite guests who have triumphed over one challenges or another. So within the next few minutes, Damon, I want you to talk to us about your story, the challenges, and how you came out of it triumphantly. And also afterwards, I've got some questions for you. Okay, let's get started, Damon. Okay, well, there's a lot to the story. Uh, I was born and raised in Rocky Ford, Colorado. I grew up in a a very predominantly poor area. I was raised on a sheep farm. And when I was about five years old, uh, my mom and dad, got divorced. My mom left. She took me and my brother. She went to Washington. And it was a very traumatic uh, event in my life. And, and it, it, was, it was a really messy divorce for my parents. And um, my dad still had legal custody of me. And he didn't, he didn't want us to, to be gone, obviously. And so for about nine months, he followed us around or, or tried to track us down and, and we just went from school to town to town and you know I, I think I'd, I'd been in three or four different schools in that that time frame and he ended up finding us in a little rundown apartment in Spokane Washington and came in and took us in the morning me and my brother in our underwear and, and brought us back to Colorado and so we, we stayed on this farm and I, and I spent most of my childhood growing up, up on this farm with my just my brother and my dad and it was a lot of responsibility and at that time I didn't realize all of the the trauma that went with that you know it just it made me a very angry person I, I got in a lot of fights I got in a lot of trouble and I just I became very rebellious to to everything because I was I was hurt um, but then I, I carried that on through life and I think when I was about 12 or 13, I finally got to go see my mom again. And she was still deep in her addiction and not dealing with any of her stuff. And she wasn't ready to you know, take on two boys. But for me, I saw it as I was free. I could do whatever I want because I had no, no, uh, no boundaries and nobody there to stop. Me. And so I got really bad into it drugs and drinking and, and just started getting in a, into a lot of trouble. And by the time I was you know, 16 years old, I had racked up a bunch of uh, serious charges. Came back to Colorado 
because I went to Oregon to live with my mom for a while, but I came back to Colorado and it just, it, it led into, uh, um, more drugs and more, more alcohol, cocaine, acid, uh, meth. Um, and by the time I was 18, I was so addicted to, uh, cocaine. You know, I had broken a couple needles off in my arm and ended up going to a treatment center, got out of treatment. Uh, did good for a little while, and then just got right back into doing the same cycle. And the 21 days, uh, uh, nine days after I turned 21, I ended up catching a six-year prison sentence. So I went to I went to prison for I did three and a half years on that. I got out of prison, did well for a while again, and I met this woman, and we eventually had two boys I tried to start a business the business you know didn't didn't work out and I went back to what I knew how to do and that was just deal drugs and, and that was my way of you know that was the easy way for me it was what I knew and it was what I I, I felt comfortable with and, uh, but I had never you know every time I got clean I never worked on it for myself I only got clean because I I got some charges and got forced into getting clean. Uh, but eventually I ended up, you know, I got so, so bad on math. Um, things were, my, my life went just spiraled downhill. And I ended up getting in a car wreck. And she was killed. Both my boys were injured really bad. So uh, that even, that even took me even farther into a, into a, into a deeper hole. And for the next year and a half, you know, I was, I was a mess. I, I wanted to die. I wanted to, I just didn't want to live anymore. I had two boys to take care of. So, you know, thankfully I had them in my life because I probably wouldn't be around if I, I, you know, didn't make it through that. But I let, I started catching more charges, more, more, I ended up catching more drug charges. I went to jail. I bonded out. Um, luckily my brother uh, and his wife, were there my, my sister-in-law they i let my boys go live with him because I, I just i couldn't manage it and then i ended up getting arrested again and and went uh to jail for manufacturing of, of methamphetamines and just um and through that i got an i got an eight-year uh sentence in a halfway house and i did i don't know uh i did almost a year there in and out of the halfway house on the non-res program and then i ended up getting <clears throat> going back because i couldn't stay off of meth and then i uh they decided to go ahead and let me go to a treatment center a two-year treatment center so i went i went to this two-year treatment center for um is it intense you you live there it's a therapeutic community it was called south street and i and i started to get clean in there and i started learning a lot of stuff about myself but i was also trying to deal with the trauma of the car accident and as i got clean i i worked on that but i never did really work on any of the other stuff in my life that led up to that so i had this all of this baggage that i'd been dragging with me for so many years and then i this massive you know event happened in my life that like that was the only thing i could focus on you know and, and i'm glad that that program was there because it helped me get through that but it didn't keep me clean 
you know, I was clean for a while. I got out. I met my wife in there. That my wife now, Celeste. I, I met her in there. We were both, you know, kind of a mess, and we got out. I was out about six months. I ended up running into her at an NA meeting about six months after I got out, and and you know, I stayed clean and sober for a while. And we we got together. We were together about five years. We ended up getting married, um, and. Uh, so, but let me go back. In the 2000, about 2000, when I was in my deepest, darkest spot, I ended up getting another woman pregnant. I, ha I had another child, and and I wasn't, you know, I was not really around mentally and physically. I couldn't mm. I couldn't be around for him, which you know I, I feel I feel real bad for. But we have a really good relationship now. I wish I could have been there are more in his life he's had he's had a lot of things going on but you know he's done really well for himself his name's drayton and so anyway i just i, I want to make sure i didn't leave that out because you know i have four boys now but anyway getting back when i was after i got out of step street we were together about five five years we got married but we never had really worked on any of our stuff we just you know we got clean and, and we learned all these tools through this program, but I uh, I did a lot of hiding when I was I was in there because I didn't like people to bring me my stuff, you know. And and, and I and I knew how to how to work the program, and I knew how to stay out of trouble, and I knew how to get on people's good sides. And if I got in the car with them, they wouldn't you know bring me my stuff, or they wouldn't you know call me out. That's what I did in the program, and I and I never really realized it until you know later on in life. But so Celeste and I ended up having a uh, a boy Zeke. He's our he's our youngest one now. It's fourteen. But for about ten years, we had this really rough and rocky relationship. It was just it, it was it was a clash, and it was a lot of it was a lot of blame, and victim, you know, stuff. You know, mainly, you know, I, I take. The blame for so much of it because I, I never really looked at my own self. But in in 2014, you know, uh, the drugs started creeping back into my life, and I and I got back into meth. And you know, we were both deep in our addictions. We had grown apart to the point where she was she had given me divorce papers. She was ready to divorce me. She had, you know, and and. You know, I don't. I don't blame her. I never signed him, and we ended up um, having a police raid. I, I bought a stolen motorcycle. Uh, I had drugs on me. The, the police came to my house after they had arrested me on this motorcycle. They destroyed my house and they took our our boy. And just like our world had fallen apart again, and the court put a restraining order on us. So we couldn't see each other, and wasn't anything that we had done. It's just, you know, they because I had such a track record, they they really had it in for me, and they were doing everything they could to keep me in jail. And I, I bond out, and then they they would arrest her. She ended up going to jail several times just because they were trying to get at me. And luckily, we we got through all of that. And but that was the point where I had decided that I hated who I had become. 
I never realized that I had that I would be that person in my life. Like I'm like, how many times do I got to go through the same cycle? And what do I got to do different? And I really had to start looking at myself and decide that I I I, I have to make a change. And that was the first time I think in my life that I wanted to change for myself and not for my kids or because whatever and it was just you know what i want to be a completely different person and it and i also realized i don't want anything in my life the same as it was i don't i don't want to continue going to a nine-to-five job i don't want drugs i don't want the same people in my life i don't i don't want any of it in my life because i drugged this stuff through my life for so many years and Red Rocks Church in, in Denver, Colorado, you know, they there was a couple of guys there, Scott, he's the pastor. He was a really kind of one of the first people in my life that genuinely came into my life for no reason other than he wanted to help me. And and I, I felt that connection with him. And he was willing to take his time, meet with me, help me. And he did just these little things that nobody had ever done for me in my life. Like, you know, that surprised me. And I'm just like, wow. But it also let me know that, you know, I, I had turned my life over to God. And it also let me know that, you know what, there was a God and there was a, there was something higher than me, you know. Uh, but it, it took me down a different path. And it, it started showing me things that I'd never seen before. And it, and it helped me uh, take steps in my life to fix my marriage and like everything that I wanted to do is like, I got to, I got to go out and I got to actively find this stuff and not just, I have to take this class because it's a requirement or I have to go to this, this, you know, meeting, this relapse prevention group, this sobriety group, this whatever, like none of it worked because I didn't want to do it myself. I started, I got, got clean, you know, I, I started following a different path. I, I was like, what, is it, what does it take to be a, become an entrepreneur? I, and I started going to these different, you know, real estate meetups. And I found that it was a whole different bunch of people. The people in these groups, their, their motive was to, like, help other people. And I'd never had that in my life before because all of the people that were in my life, they all wanted something. They wanted drugs or they wanted money or they... they they would bring you down just to try to, you know, make themselves look better. And that was what I was used to. So it took me a while to, you know, get used to different people that had a different motive. And it's like helping people. And through that, you know, I, I learned real estate. started learning how to, you know, treat people different. And uh, I became successful and I, I moved back to the town where I left in handcuffs and shackles, you know, it had been 15 years. And I wasn't very well received when I came back, or I wasn't very well liked, but, but now I am. I've been here for several years. I've cleaned up a lot of uh, rundown properties. I put a lot of uh, real estate back on the market that's been, you know, ran down for a while. I, I opened a restaurant and I hired a lot of people. I have several successful businesses and, you know, and then I wrote this book and now I'm on a journey to try to help other people 
you know, not have to go down the same roads that I've gone to. And lately, I've actually been speaking at the at one of the prisons here and trying to get, you know, let these people know that, you know, there's a different way. But it mm-hmm. it took one or one person in my life to make me see things completely different. So mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. kind of in short, that was that's kind of my story. So. You know, I'll go ahead and, you know, if you want to, if you got some questions or anything, you can go ahead. Yeah, and yeah, away, sure, you know? sure. I, I've got some questions. You know, your story is so inspiring. And the summary, let's just call it hope. You know, because there are actually some people who are stuck up in that situation you came out of. And they believe, and they're so convinced that they are never going to get out of drugs or these addictions stuff they are so convinced that it is never going to be possible for them to come out of being addicted to drugs and all of these things but if um someone like that get to listen to this podcast the person is going to feel hope again there is still hope okay so damon i've got um two questions for you are you ready okay all yes. right so Okay, so um, this also very important. After you lost your spouse, um, how were you able to rebuild a meaningful relationship again? Take for instance, someone who lost his spouse now, and ever since then, it has been so difficult to rebuild a meaningful relationship. How can that kind of person build a meaningful relationship again? You got it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so that one was one that, you know, for for 10 years, I, for the first couple years, you know, I was so alone, and I ended up just, you know, I was so, so strung out, ended up taking, you know, uh, somebody that came, came along, and for me, it was, you know, it, it was just basically sex, and it was kind of a rebound thing, because you know, I, I I don't think I had the capacity to love at that time because I couldn't love myself. But I think over time, it took, and even when I got with Celeste, you know, uh, I still had so much baggage that I couldn't fully give myself to her. I couldn't, and, and it was hard for her because she always felt like, you know, the second, not not good enough, and she'll never live up to that. and. You know, and that, that that's really hard because, like, all of that stuff, all of, you know, Dion's stuff, the kids, everything was, like, present in our life. And, and navigating through that was, was very tough. But, you know, in the last probably seven, eight years, I have really intentionally. So it took me having to work on myself and, and, and the, the one of the biggest things was the shame and the guilt those those two things i really because i still deal with some of the guilt i don't i don't deal so much with the shame because i don't i don't feel ashamed like i used to i felt shameful for for what i did you know and once i come to realize that you know it was an accident you know i could have i don't know i i I go over maybe i could have prevented it maybe i could have done this what if what if but i don't I don't do that anymore 
I just realized that that's the way it was, and that was part of my life. But as I started forgiving myself, and that was the hardest thing is to forgive yourself when you become to the come to the point where you can forgive yourself, you start having that forgiveness and you start taking that blame away because that's what it really takes is you have to work on yourself and, and repair what's inside you before you can have any of that with another person. You know, I had to learn to look at myself for everything, how, how Celeste responds to me, every response she has. I may not like it, but I have to look at what, what part did I play in that? Or why did she respond that way? You know, and it may have been the way I came across to her. And then I asked to even go, go deeper. What made me respond that way? What made me react to her? Or what was the motive behind the way I said something? So those are all of the little things that I've had to work on because it was rough. Like I said, the first 10 years of us being together, it was like I had all of my own stuff to deal with. But, you know, I feel lucky that I made it through that and I was able to, you know, work on myself. And that's what it took was having to really do the deep, deep work on myself. Because as you change, the people around you will change, change. or they'll leave. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that's good. Give some, a, a little bit of an answer, yeah. Because, and that's what I'm finding because as I've changed my life, like all of the people that were in my life before are gone. They, they don't like it, you know, or they, they, they're not, they're not on the hmm. same, they're not on the same. Answering that question. Let's say someone is listening to you right now. And the person says, okay, Damon, how can I completely become a new person? I've been so drawn to all oh, sort of negative things, but I am feeling somehow hopeful. So how can I become um, completely a new person? What would your response be to that person or keep? You got it? Yes, I got it. So, first of all, I think one of the most important things is getting a mentor and getting somebody that will hold you accountable for what you're doing. Uh, that's that's the biggest one. And, and, you know, I've had so many people that had degrees or I went through counseling. I went through, I, I've seen different types of psychologists and psychiatrists and and, and they didn't work, but it, it took finding somebody that uh, that I felt good with. And it, and it wasn't somebody that had a degree, and it wasn't somebody that had whatever. It's just somebody that, you know, I resonated with and I felt comfortable with. Somebody that I felt safe with, and that's I think that's the biggest thing is being able to feel safe and, and vulnerable. And even maybe somebody that's gone through the same things as uh, especially when it comes to uh, drugs and alcohol, you, I wouldn't listen to anybody that hadn't been, you know. And I and I and I see that with a lot of people too, you know. And then that's why I think I I resonate so well with so many of the people in prison because I sat in their same seat, you know. And I give them hope that you know it doesn't matter where you're at. I have eight felonies. I've spent. I started 
started doing drugs when I was about 12, 13 years old, up until the time I was in my mid-40s. So I spent a lifetime of just spinning in and out of these cycles. And, I, you know, I, I felt like there was no hope for me, but it doesn't matter where you're at in life. You know, I'm 55 years old, and, you know, a, a big part of that is your physical health. You know, when you when you start putting your your physical health, your mental health, you know, just what you put into your body, you work a little bit on becoming better every day. That's what it takes. So, um, but but getting a mentor, having to ha- having that you know that desire to change and really wanting to change, having that mentor, and finding you know what what's your purpose in life what do you want to do where do you want to be a year from now what do you want to be five years from now you figure that out and then what does that take you know who do who do i have to you know put into my life so that i can have that uh, one of the biggest things was was masterminds i started going to these i go to a lot of mastermind groups you can find free groups, even if it's real estate seminars, there's a lot of them around. Real estate seminars are a great place to meet great people that have a different mindset. Um, and so that's, that's you know, that's the biggest thing is, is, is also changing that mindset. So I, you know, there's, there's, there's so many different factors that go into that, but when you change the way you yeah. think about things, yeah. it, it, it makes a big difference. So, Exactly, exactly. Oh, oh, oh. Damon, you've been um, such a great blessing to me and definitely to anyone who's going to be listening to this podcast. I tell you, your words are filled with so much insight that are going to be of a great help to anyone in need of them. So that's going to be the end of the show. Okay, take for instance, someone wants to um reach out to you okay i feel um damon resonates so well with me so i would like to reach out to him how um can that be possible so i have a website it's called okay. damonnichols.com pretty easy to find and then i'm on uh, uh facebook at damon nichols and instagram damon r nichols uh you could also i have my book is on amazon it's called the breakout blueprint so there's different okay. different ways of uh, reaching out. Uh, I'm I'm offering a, a, a course right now that's that's helping people get into the you know to start a business and and make the transition from you know that that life to a completely different lifestyle. So I want to really really show people, especially if you've you know dealt with those kinds of things, if you have baggage that's that haunts you, felonies or criminal charges or anything like that i i found ways around that i've actually found ways to get past gatekeepers so okay thank you um it's so nice to know that your book is available on amazon okay that's 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 good what's the title of the book again it's called the breakout blueprint okay the breakout blueprint Okay. Yes. Oh, oh, beautiful cover. <laughs> okay. 
All right, all right, that's that's good. All right, so thank you so very much for honoring me. Invite Damon. Thank you for your time. It means a whole lot. Okay, well, thank you, and it was just great to talk to you. Thank you for tuning in to this incredible episode. Your support means the world to us, and we truly value you. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is greatly appreciated.